The following program is produced by Sage Advertising and Marketing. The views and opinions of the host and guests are not necessarily those of this station. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. Enjoy my conversations like I do every week with industry experts in real estate and real estate for investors. Real estate is not just getting the financing to get the property, it's taking care of the property. Before you buy a property, you want to inspect it. When you're selling a property, you want to inspect it. One of the most important things that you need to check on is the overall appearance of the property because you know it's hard to have a second chance on a first impression. There is no second chance. You have one chance at a good first impression. So you have to do everything you can to make sure you're presenting your home for sale if you are in the sales market. And if you're buying a home, if you don't like the home on your first impression, the chances are you're either gonna pass or you're gonna probably offer maybe less because you already see deficiencies. If you wanna avoid these challenges on either side, my guest today is gonna to help you do that. His name is Brian Delisle. He's the business development manager at Coit Cleaning and Restoration. I think you're going to enjoy, enjoy what he has to say. He's also one of my BNI brothers. We are in the same networking organization here in Northern Nevada. So he's a great connector. And if you're in the real estate business, you know having great connections is one of the keys to success in real estate. Regardless of what part of real estate you're in, you have to have great connections. We're going to talk with him about that, the importance of staying connected. Also, we're going to look at the most recent statistics from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. What are prices going for now in Reno and Washoe County and Fernley? We'll be talking about that and more after this message. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Thanks for tuning in to our show today. The heat is still out and you need to keep your home cool. Let's face it, who wants to be uncomfortable when they're at home where they should be comfortable? If you're uncomfortable because of the hot sun coming through your glass windows, I recommend that you call Daryl Carr at SunTech Solar Screens. I had solar screens installed on my home, and what a difference this year compared to last year because I don't have that blaring sun coming in right into the home through that glass. It's heating up the glass, turn it into a mini oven in my house. So the air conditioning's gotta keep pumping and I'm not comfortable in that room, no more. If you have those similar challenges in your home, Call Daryl Carr at SunTech Solar Screens. Visit their website, solarscreensofreno.com. You'll find all of their contact information there. With me in the studio today, Brian Delisle is with us, and he is in the business of cleaning and restoration, quite cleaning and restoration. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you for having me, Peter. So, how are things going in the summer of 2017? The big news, of course, is all the fires in the air, everything going on, and you know, just the usual hot, hot, hot. What's it like in your business? It's the summertime is usually a slow, slower time of the season uh, for us. Um, the spring causes a lot of problems around here in the fall and the winter, but summers we can generally enjoy, and most of our customers enjoy the summers. But uh, there is still, unfortunately, you know, some business out there that in need of our services. You do emergency work primarily, right? I mean, that's really when you guys step forward and save the day. Uh, those jobs have to be done fast. Yes, right away, because especially when you're talking about uh, water damage in your home, if you don't take care of that properly and quickly, it can lead to mold damage. 
And the problem with that, of course, is that a lot of insurance companies don't cover that portion or they have um, very low um, uh, limits on the coverage. So you really don't want to get involved in that aspect of uh, damage. Mm -hmm. Is mold uh, an issue uh, substantially uh, in northern Nevada? It's relatively dry here compared to other parts of the country. Do we still have those issues coming up here? You would be amazed. Even though it's a dry climate, um, it's, there's a lot of uh, microbes out there that are anxious and waiting to get a little bit of moisture so they can start their life cycle and cause a lot of damage to your property. Mm -hmm. After, if, if you have mold starting in a home, let's say a homeowner discovers some mold and rather than take action, they just cut the water source. Let's say there was a leak, they fixed the leak. What's the deal with the mold? Will it just die and go away? Uh, is it still a hazard? The most important thing is to get the water out. Mm -hmm. Depending on the situation, the water can linger for you know days, weeks, longer than that, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. The longer that the water is present, the more the mold has a foothold and a food and water source, mm -hmm. and the more damage that occurs. Can mold grow without moisture? No, it so goes moisture dormant. Is the, moisture is the key thing then? It really is. Um, it needs a food source, it needs water. Mm -hmm. The food source is you, any, anything really in your house. You'd be surprised. A, a light layer of dust on a uh, chair or something like that with a little bit of moisture on it can start a problem. Really? That's, that's fascinating. And, I, and it's such a, an issue nowadays because of the health hazards from molds. And um, you know, if, if it's discovered that there's mold in a home while there's a sale going on, I mean, it raises a lot of red flags. It holds up deals. Have you been involved with transaction, real estate transactions that need quick attention? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's nothing that'll stop an escrow dead in its tracks as the inspector finding uh, water damage or mold damage and, and stuff like that, so absolutely. So as a homeowner, if you are considering selling your home uh, just for that purpose alone and that reason alone, you really should f make sure that you don't have those issues when you start the wheels in motion of selling a home. I would think a lot of homeowners it's not common to get your home inspected when you've lived in it for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. It just, everything seems to be okay, so why get an inspection? Let's just sell the house. But I encourage people to consider getting an inspection on your own so that you'll know what you've got to sell and what some of the potential roadblocks might be when you are getting to that point. I think it's money well, well worth it to get a home inspection before you consider putting your home on the market so that you have an idea. Then if you find an issue like that, you can tend to it without it being an emergency. You know, an ounce of planning is worth a pound of trouble or something like that. I can't remember the saying right this second. A lot of people um, are a little too short-sighted when they have, for instance, a water damage situation. Um, they're not planning on selling that particular time. And if they don't deal with it properly, uh, it can come back to haunt you years later and during an, an inspection during an escrow. I'm talking with Brian Delisle, and he's the business development manager at Coit Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, when I think of the name Coit, I think of carpet cleaning because uh, as a little boy, I remember hearing and seeing the Coit trucks, and it was always about carpet cleaning. It's really, the company has been around a while. Yeah, Coit made its bones in San Francisco as a drapery cleaning company starting out. Mm -hmm. And then as uh, people's products and uh, home situations and their living conditions changed and carpeting came along and blinds and certain things, so the cleaning business changed uh, a lot over the years and quite changed with it. Yeah, very nice. The uh, demand on homes is putting a lot of pressure on people that want to buy homes if they've already lived in Reno for a while. They might be in a small home and, you know, as a, at some point, They've got to ask, is it really worthwhile making that move up, selling the home, because 
it's getting more and more expensive to live in in northern Nevada. You know, the, I had an analogy when we talked about automobiles uh, recently with a gentleman that was in talking to us about buying a new car versus buying an old car. Sometimes you're better off to stay where you are, keep the car that you have, keep the home that you have, and do some upgrade. Sometimes just some cleaning can make a big difference. I mean, how many times do you see a carpet that looks like it's shot or an environment that is shot in your business to the point where the homeowner might think it needs to be totally gutted, demolished, replaced? Is it possible that you can clean that stuff up to a point that it's, it's reusable, it's, it's yeah. close to new? Yeah, we've had some amazing results on some of our uh, cleaning services and things like that. Maintenance is always a good idea. If you can maintain your carpets uh, every six months, every nine months, whatever your lifestyle happens to be, um, that goes a long run as compared to coming in after the fact when things are quite far along. Mm -hmm. But we've had some amazing results on some of our uh, cleaning services. I was talking with a gent who actually sells carpets not long ago, and he was talking about the importance of keeping the carpets clean so they won't wear out. Talk to us about that and, and what, an, what a difference it can make when you keep those carpets clean versus only when they're absolutely necessary, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, dirt is uh, little silica particles which cut and I mean, rubs sand on your arm sometime for long enough and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So um, those uh, dirt particles get into the fibers of the carpet and begin actually cutting the fibers. Mm -hmm. And then the fibers come loose and end up in your vacuum cleaner which you can see whenever you vacuum. Dirt and other conditions in your home can cause uh, premature wear uh, on your uh, fabrics and carpet. When it comes to the disaster work that you do when somebody does have a disaster in their home, in this part of the country, northern Nevada, are we talking about more water damage, fire damage, or is there a, a, is there a ratio there that you typically have to look at for each year? Well, modern technology and firefighting pretty much limits on fire damage most of the time unless you get into these wildfire situations where they're losing seven homes at a time and nobody can get at it. Mm -hmm. But the locations of the fire um, stations and such and response times are pretty good. So uh, fire damage tends to be limited. Uh, the structure can usually be saved using a remediation company such as us and then a reconstruction company to put things back together again. So water damage is going to be much more common. Uh, the most common one that I can think of right now is that plastic line that's on the back side of your refrigerator that goes to your ice maker. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, there have been some bad products that were sold that fail and they're reaching the end of their life cycle. So the ice maker line on your refrigerator is one of the most common ones that we find and it uh, floods out the kitchen and travels across the other surfaces and carpet and into other rooms. Wow, I have a good interest in looking at the back of my refrigerator when I get home tonight. Another one, of course, is the washing machine, your, your clothes washing machine. Oh, yeah. They make different grades of products there, uh, and you'd be surprised how much of a difference there is in quality between the $10 hose and the $20 hose with the steel braids. So um, the washing machine lines are something that people need to look at from time to time, uh, out of sight, out of mind, and that is a good high volume line feeding that washing machine. So a lot more water damage happens a lot more quickly on a washing machine line than a um, ice maker feeder line, for example. And you know, it doesn't just matter if it's an old line or whether it was installed in the last year or so. I've seen some defective hoses that have caused just as much damage as a hose that was 15 to 20 years old and it was, had finally broken under just years of pressure. So it's a good place to do inspections. You bring up great points when it talks to keeping your home clean, safe, and damage-free. We're going to continue our conversation with Brian Delisle from Coit 
And we're going to talk more about networking, the importance of getting out and about, talking with people in the community if you're looking at buying or selling homes. And we'll look at the latest statistics from the Association of Realtors after this message. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening combined. Attention all residents of Northern Nevada. This is a high heat alert. Temperatures will be in the high 90s and 100s for an extended period of time. Call SunTech Solar Screening to block the sun and heat from your windows. Now back to our commercial. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech Solar Screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech Solar Screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Equal housing lender. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. With me in the studio right now, Brian Delisle is with us, and he's in charge of business development at Coit Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, Brian, I heard about Coit when I was a little boy. I lived in Denver, Colorado, and I'd see the Coit trucks running around uh, they were like the, I always thought they were like cleaning trucks, right? Because, I mean, they cleaned homes because they were all over the place there. Uh, are more people in the West discovering Coit, or is this, was I just seeing it as it was growing into Denver? You were seeing it as that uh, market was being developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are Coit uh, franchises located throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Each independent uh, franchise manager has the flexibility to do what he wants with his business. And here in Reno, um, our business is uh, developed into the disaster restoration, uh, and we still obviously have our loyal uh, Coit cleaning customers. Sure, sure. So, so what are the, some of the things that set Coit apart from other companies that do similar kinds of work, cleaning and restoration? Well, one thing is the uh, experience that we have. We're the uh, nation's oldest cleaning and restoration company, so we invented some of the procedures and tools and stuff like that. We've always worked closely with training organizations such as the IRCRC and other um, training organizations to make sure that um, we're following the methods that they recommend. And they use us sometimes also as a resource on some of the things that we do. Mm, Very nice. Well, you know, we're talking about the way that we communicate with our clients, our prospects, our customers. Uh, a lot of people that tune into the show, they come to visit the show, they're in the real estate business in one way or another, and we all have the same challenge. We have to network, we have to talk to people, we have to let people know who we are, because there's a, a huge element of trust in our business. 
this is your home. This is this is home. What we're talking about. We don't just trust anybody. I think a lot of people really want to know the people they're working with to a greater detail, or at least have better access. And one way to do that, it takes work. You have to network. You have to get out and about and meet people yourself. So you're in the networking group, BNI, as am I. We're in different chapters, but obviously we know the importance of networking. But talk to our listeners about how you feel about networking and. If they want to grow their business, how they can put networking to work for them? Well, as a business development manager, I need to be out there uh, introducing our products and services and benefits to customers all the time. And the best way to do that is to make friends and relationships. And the best way to do that is through networking. And the nice thing about BNI, it's a, it's a very professional organization mm -hmm. and uh, very structured. And they are capable of teaching uh, per people who need to renew their skills or build uh, old skills and refresh them. So the, one of the best things about uh, BNI is the training that's available, the friendships and benefits of uh, networking with other professionals. Mm -hmm. well, let me tell you, I have a theory about networking and it's this. I think when you meet people in a networking situation, they're either there for one of two reasons. One, they have to be there. Two, they want to be there. That's correct. And I want to be there. When I, I'm at the point in my networking world where I go places where I want to be, and because I want to be there, I think I have a different, a different feel, maybe attitude about where I am because this is where I want to be. I can tell the people that are networking events and functions because they have to be there. Their boss paid for it, it they're on the clock when they're there, or they're told that they absolutely have to attend X number of networking meetings as part of their job requirement, and this happens to be the one. You go to different all kinds of organizations and networking functions, and, and I think if you look for that, trait, you're going to see that some events and some networking groups have a higher level of people that have to be there and other groups that have a higher level of people that want to be there. Yes. There are different things that, that create that, of course, but I mean, I feel like at my BNI, the level of people that want to be there is way up here. Definitely. And uh, I struggle to find somebody who's there just because they had to be there. <laughs> I really do. Usually it's a newbie who doesn't know much about BNI, like you say, is, is there to kind of check it out and see if, uh, if their boss just sent them there for a reason or if they can actually make some benefit of it. And yeah, those people don't tend to last because they don't understand it and they're not uh, working the program and they're not um, there for the right reasons. I feel like so many people get into business uh, with, with these great expectations of having immediate success and it doesn't happen. And I think that's one of the reasons, Brian, that a lot of businesses fail after a year, two years, three years because they they just needed momentum faster. And the natural, uh, in the natural course of action, it takes many times three to five years to get the kind of momentum you have going. Uh, there are some ex exceptions to that, of course, quick startups that start making money and they turn into gajillionaires. But come on, that's the, exception that's, the that is the exception. So the networking world is a lot the same way. I feel like, I, well, I always remember when I first got into the professional sales business, I started going to a networking function and it was, it was a very rocky start for me because I, I really wasn't comfortable. I didn't know where I was and I can't tell you that I generated revenue or created, grew my business based on my networking at that time, but it got me moving at least. It got me kind of circulating in the right direction and then before long, you know, after a couple of years, three years, before long it's a way of life. I just know networking is an important part of what I do every single day. Second nature. That's really where I get a lot of my business is because I network and I talk to people and I educate myself, find out who's smarter, who's who's not, and I know who to interact with 
uh, my chances of success are much greater because I have a look at a lot more of di more different options. And a lot of those options come from the people that I meet, like yourself. Hey, what do I know about disaster repair and cleaning? No, I really don't, but if I know an expert, I mean, That's I it. feel a lot more confident when I'm talking to anybody that ha might happen to be in that situation. In any given BNI group, there'll be a, let's just, a lawyer and a doctor and a chiropractor and a marketing executive and a uh, payment processing uh, person for business to business. Mm -hmm. So you automatically uh, are plugged into uh, two handfuls of experts that you can uh, draw upon. Yeah, and you know, look, the, the websites are great. You know, you can go to YouTube in your underwear and get a tutorial on how to disinfect a carpet that has mold and whatever else it might have in it. Or, you know, you can talk to somebody, hire a pro, uh, consult with a pro that is face to face, you know, right there. You can hear real life experience in front of you. And, you know, your chances of success are so much better when you have that going in your favor. And look, in most cases, I think many do-it-yourselfers try to do more than they really should do with themselves. And what does it cost? It ends up getting some people in trouble. The cleanup costs even more sometimes. If it's not done right, you might have spent all that time and effort only to find that there was no positive impact on the work you do. I'm Especially when it comes to water damage. I'm telling you my life story, am I not? I mean, how many, <laughs> how many of us have done that, you know? Uh, cut twice, Everybody. think once, something like that. <laughs> yeah, measure twice, cut once. Is it expensive to do a regular maintenance? Um, Get to get a home on a regular maintenance or a business on a regular maintenance of a carpet cleaning. Um, what 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 kind of is it based on a square foot? How does that work? Yeah, um, like anything else, um, you know, it's going to be depend on uh, labor and the hours involved. Again, it's measured in square feet when you're talking about that type of stuff, mm -hmm. and it's also going to uh, depend upon your individual needs. If you're a high volume traffic business, well, you're going to need. Uh, maintenance program is going to be more frequent mm. than someone who's a little lighter in the traffic or um, their customers are um, uh, adults rather than children. So it depends on the uh, customer's needs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so ideally customers that you look for that you're looking to develop, are they small businesses or uh, residential homes? Where is that target? We do it all. Uh, we work for builders in town where they have certain situations and homes that they've built and things like that. Um, and we come in and uh, take care of that particular situation for them and keep their customers happy. We also have um, doctors and dentists on uh, maintenance programs. And we have um, uh, residential people uh, because of their lifestyle that um, are on a maintenance program so that their place is looking nice all the time. And give us your contact information for our listeners and viewers in case they want to give a jingle and talk to you about maybe getting an estimate and doing some work. We are located at 4935 Brookside Court here in Reno on the backside of the airport. Uh, and our number is 775-322-4266. Coit Cleaning and Restoration Services. When we come back from this break, we're going to share some information from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, median home prices in Reno, Sparks, Washoe County, and more after this message. But first, let's hear what Sherry Hill has to say about real estate investing in Northern Nevada and all across the country. Sherry Hill is the Wealth Protection Diva. 1031 exchanges are fairly commonplace and in most cases go smoothly with little risk of problems. When there are problems, however, the consequences can be harsh. 
The IRS typically doesn't audit exchanges, but when it does, it's usually a few years after the exchange was completed. And its recognition of a problem or unmet requirement at that point can be devastating. For example, if you deferred a capital gain of $300,000 and your exchange was disallowed three years later in an IRS audit, you would immediately owe the original tax due on the gain plus interest and in cases of willful neglect, a 25% penalty. So even though it is not common for the IRS to disallow an exchange, the severity of the sanctions imposed when it does justifies due care and why I heartily recommend you get professional advice and guidance. Next week, I'll talk about exchanges between related parties. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. We're talking about the information coming from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. One of the most recent reports I'm looking at is from June of 2017. I was just like, what, a few weeks back. It said there were 736 sales of existing single-family homes. That was up 8%, 8% more homes sold that month from May the year before. And if you compare year to year, it was up 11% from 2016. So the good news is more homes are being sold. That means more people are finding homes and maybe there's just a touch less pressure on the demand for homes, which creates problems for home buyers, home sellers, everybody alike. Now let's look at this median sales price. That means that half of the homes were sold for less this price and half the homes were, were sold for more this price in the month. Uh, in Washoe County for June 2017, that number is $340,000. That's a 9% increase from the year before, and it actually went up two months or two percent just in that last one month. So um, demand is still strong. People are still finding out that they have the money, or they have the credit, or they have the wherewithal to purchase homes because it continues to go up and up. Now, if you look at just condos, that's a big difference. Condos are not moving up in the same direction. They're actually moving down. They dropped 13 percent median home price condominium purchases from year to year. It was down to $165,000. So what's going on with condominiums? Well, who knows? I believe there just isn't the demand for condominiums. And people are finally realizing that when you buy a condominium, homeowners association dues also need to be paid. So uh, when you have homeowners association dues that are $75 a month, $100, $200, some are $300, $400 a month, wow. It's almost like adding another half a payment onto your home payment. So it's somewhat misleading when you look at the $165,000 being the cost of purchasing the home because if you're purchasing a home for that same amount and you're borrowing the money, you're going to have to make a mortgage payment equal that payoff of $165,000. When you buy a condominium for $165,000, you're paying off that mortgage, yes, but you've also got to include another payment, the homeowners association dues. It's a much bigger payment than the mortgage payment alone. So when you add all that in together, maybe the better value is to buy single family. Still, $340,000 or so is a lot of money. And when you narrow the price range down, the median home price down to just Reno, rather than just Washoe County, you have to add another $10,000, $350,355 is the median home price in Reno, Nevada. And again, that's a big increase from the year before, 9% and huge. The quarter before that, it, it went up 7%. So again, a lot of strength. So the, the thing is, when you're looking to buy in Reno, you're looking to buy what really could be now 
the top of the market or near the top of the market. So I'm encouraging everybody to look beyond just the limits of Reno and Sparks in the metro area. And that's why I talk about Fernley, Nevada a lot. Fernley is close and uh, beautiful scenery there and from. It's only about half an hour drive. And I love living on a ranch and farm myself. $219,000 is the median home price. More than $100,000 difference by moving to Fernley, buying a home there, as opposed to Reno. Lots of benefits. How about that coit carpet cleaning restoration? Are you available to do work in Fernley if something would come up? Absolutely. We go anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week if necessary. Our, uh, our trucks are gassed up. Our crews are on call. Yes. And Fernley's relatively close, right? Oh, it really is. It's yeah. a hop, skip, and a jump compared to um, some other uh, air outlying areas. Now, you've lived in northern Nevada for how long yourself? 14 years. All right. So you've seen a lot of changes. You were here when the market went up, when the market went down. Yes, I was. You've seen I some was changes in some developments. What's your thoughts on Fernley? You think you think it uh, could be a good place to to live? Definitely, given the um, pricing uh, trend here in uh, Reno, um, we're going to price a lot of people out of our market, and they're going to have to exercise other options like Fernley to to live. You know, more and more people too are looking at Fernley to buy a uh, rental property because. Well, it's just so hard to find good rental property in northern Nevada. And let's face it, a lot of people that come to northern Nevada, like Nevada in general, transient population. There are good reasons why people don't like to buy homes. They don't want to be tied down. They want to have the options to pick up and move in a, in a year or two or whatever. They're just not ready. So a good investment would be to buy a home that you could rent out to a young family or some individuals that could essentially make the mortgage payment for you. If you're talking about doing that in Reno, it's really tough to find an investment property, one that will pencil, right, that you'll actually make some money on when all the bills are paid. But Fernley, if you find somebody that likes that lifestyle in Fernley, you're going in for much less money. And I don't think the rent differences are nearly as different percentage-wise as the actual prices of the homes are. So it could be a good place to get some investment property. The, all that development out at USA Parkway? puts you a lot closer to Fernley too and makes it a lot more attractive option for you. Yes. I like living in the burbs and Fernley is a pretty good burb. It really is and it's coming right along. Yes. So we're talking about uh, real estate. We're talking about the importance of networking. We visit, in fact, the Fernley, Fallon, Minden, Gardnerville area on somewhat of a regular basis. Those of us here at Sage Advertising and Marketing, Nevada Real Estate Radio, we are uh, members of the Mason Valley Beekeepers Association. So we get out to some of those small communities. We're beekeepers, and we love interacting with the people who live in the smaller communities. You get the best of both worlds when you're in that region because it's only about a half an hour skipping a jump to the big city if you want to go to the big city. And look, at some point in all of our lives, we don't need to go to the big city every single day. So what a great lifestyle out there. Have you been out there recently yourself? I have. I've been out there recently and uh, on the beekeeping. Urban beekeeping is actually on a big upswing too. Mm -hmm. um, my next door neighbor on the other side of the fence recently got into the beekeeping business and mm -hmm. his uh, hive swarmed and then he got another uh, bee house, a beehive for yeah. them. So his yeah. uh, swarm, his uh, beekeeping uh, uh, aspirations are growing leaps and bounds. Oh, very nice. And bees, of course, do wonderful things for the environment. They're, um, they're nature's hardest workers, and uh, they just give and give and give them themselves. And it's something that you can enjoy all across the West, especially in northern Nevada. If you really want to enjoy it as a homeowner, 
It's easy. It really is easy. But it's just one of the things that you can do when you become a homeowner. It's hard to be a renter moving around, have a beehive. Doesn't work. But once you own a home, you can get a you can get a beehive. And Especially with the association, which you mentioned a few oh, minutes yeah, ago. Oh yeah, the associations are fun, and and we enjoy that. Makes coming home. A uh, whole lot more fun when I know that I've got my pets waiting for me. Mm -hmm. oh. And uh, he calls his bees his ladies for some reason. Oh, yes. I'm not sure. Well, you know, the reason is because 99%, uh, uh, if not more, of a beehive are all female. Oh, I didn't They're know. The workers. I knew they, they were do. drones or workers. Yeah, I'm a drone in the bee world. So drones do this. They have sex with the queen and then they die. And then they die. Yes. Poor guys. Yes. There's a lot of similarities in the wild kingdom. <laughs> there is the human kingdom. <laughs> Especially with praying mantises and bees, apparently. <laughs> it's very fascinating. Uh, I love being a homeowner because that allows me to be a beekeeper. Very Isn't nice. that very cool? I'm glad you're with us today. Any final thoughts for our listeners? In case they might need your services now, or maybe put a bug in their ear for down the road, how they get a hold of you, all that good stuff. Yes, uh, I like to say that we do fire, flood, mud, and blood. Ooh, the blood. So, blood? You do blood? Well, you know, sometimes there are accidents around the house. I bet you've seen some interesting cleanups. Yes, we've done uh, a few uh, crime scene cleanups. We've also done other situations where, unfortunately, an unattended elder or such mm -hmm. um, passes on unattended. Uh, in which case the authorities come in and do what they need to do, and then we go in and do what we Somebody's need to do. Somebody's got to do that work, and that's you guys. Yes, mm -hmm. um, personal protective equipment, obviously, is very important with that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. We use PPE for um, most of our cleanup stuff, including the uh, fire and flood aspects. Mm -hmm. Wow, fascinating business. It is kind of like the bee business. You know, the bees have a cleanup crew as well, and that's all they do is keep things clean. They, I'm going to start calling those bees my coit bees. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to call them. Maybe we can franchise them out. Maybe we'll do that. We'll have to take a few notes here for the marketing side, but I'm glad you're here with us today. It's always fascinating to talk to you and, and enjoy your company at BNI when I see you. And when I don't, enjoy just knowing that you're out there helping people have a great home to buy or sell. I recommend Brian Delilah, coit carpet cleaning and restoration, all that good stuff. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Peter. It's uh, very nice to be here with you. When we come back from this break, when it comes down to buying that next property and you want to get a mortgage, you have to go through the process. And we're going to talk with our industry expert that's in the studio with us today, Michelle Holbert from Caliber Loans, after this break. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening combined. Attention all residents of Northern Nevada. This is a high heat alert. Temperatures will be in the high 90s and 100s for an extended period of time. Call SunTech Solar Screening to block the sun and heat from your windows. Now back to our commercial. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech Solar Screening for a free estimate. 3529396 SunTech Solar Screening. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book Incorporate and Get Rich as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller Rich Dad Poor Dad. 
For over two decades, we have taught thousands of business owners, real estate investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate, and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to set up a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill if you want to experience peace of mind today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. If you are one of those successful people that you know has a business going and you've got activity in sales, you've got activity because you've got staff, you've got growth and development, and you're moving around money to keep the business going, it seems like everything is going great. Now you want to buy a new home or maybe move up to a bigger home and you want to get a mortgage. Well, what's it going to take to get started? I guarantee you it is not like a first-time home buyer who's lunchbox Joe, a W-2 employee that's got everything in order. A business owner has complications, or let's call them complexities, in their profile. And today we're going to talk somebody with somebody that works on those complexities every day. Her name is Michelle Holbert. She's a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Peter. It's, it's good to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while to have you in the studio. I'm so glad that we have a chance to visit about this particular topic because, you know, here at our studios, we are visiting with lots of business owners, lots of people that have just started businesses, are about to start a business or or do, uh, you know, developments on their new and recent businesses they've purchased but when it comes to dealing with finances, there are different complexities. And I know that because years and years ago, I worked with a lot of transactions that involved business owners, and I had to ask them for so much. Explain to us, our, our listeners, what it's like when you work on a mortgage loan origination for a self-employed borrower. Well, Peter, it, it is a more complicated or complex transaction because there's more paperwork required for somebody that actually owns a business versus if you you are a W-2. So if you're Lunchbox Joe, I may only need a pay stub or a W-2 or mm-hmm. even a work number verification, which in that case, I wouldn't even have to have the pay stub or W-2. Now, if you employ Lunchbox Joe, yeah. well, then you have to comply with two years' worth of tax returns, and that is personal tax returns and business tax returns if you're a corporation. In addition to that, most of our self-employed clients also has to have to provide profit and loss statements and P&L and balance sheets. So, you know, that that starts to add to the paperwork requirements. In addition to that, if there's any change, uh, significant changes in income, it could be grounds for a decline. If, mm-hmm. you know, if they're, for example, 2016 income was less than 2015 without a valid explanation, it may be grounds for a denial. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent my career working with self-employed borrowers, so I feel like I have a good grasp on what it takes. But, you know, there's – and they vary. You know, some of our self-employed borrowers, Peter, are a, a one-man show business owner. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying to talk to them about how do you file your tax returns. So, number one, you don't have to pay out your – your entire money to the IRS, and number two, so where you can qualify for a loan. That's kind of a, you know, that's a double-edged sword there. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you take a quantum leap to a business owner that might be, that might employ 250 people. Mm-hmm. They're going to be complicated. We're going to require that they, that we verify any business that, that they have. So. You know, it just doesn't seem like conventional logic. 
you have two people come into your office, one at 10 and 11. And the guy that comes in at 10 works at a grocery store. He's a stacker. He's been there t- two or three years. He W-2 guy. And then you have a guy that comes in and let's say he owns a casino in northern Nevada. And, you know, he's running a huge, huge – he wants to buy a house, a half a million dollar house. And although he could pay cash for that because of his his bank deposits, his statement, he might have five million dollars in equities, right? And and I know you're going to get to see that. And yet, it's going to be tougher for him to put the whole thing together. Why is it that it's it's like that? It doesn't seem fair, really. When you when you hit a certain level of success, it should be like going carte blanche. Well, yes, <laughs> it, you would think, right? I always make the the you know, the comparison that it's easier to lend to somebody with a 640 FICO score and a gift from grandma than it is to lend to a multi-million dollar business owner with 30% Mm, down mm, and and an 800 FICO. And that's true. It's it's frustrating from a lender's perspective because you see what, you know, you know, these people are busy running their businesses and the paperwork requirements for them is just absolutely absurd. We always hope that, you know, regulation changes will will take a look at that and mm-hmm. make it a little bit less of a complexity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that could happen here in the near future. We're we're hopeful. But um that is how it is right now, and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little frustrating. I would bet that one of these ultra successful business owners, let's go back for as an example, is a casino. Uh-huh. He probably could get a fifty thousand dollar credit line, or maybe even a hundred thousand dollar credit line on a credit card, sure, and probably be able to do that online or sure. you know on a telephone call. And yet, when you get a mortgage, it's a whole different scenario. It is. So let me ask you: all the changes that happened uh, at about the mortgage meltdown, after the mortgage meltdown. Uh, and then the new laws that came into effect, Dodd-Frank laws, more scrutiny, more more essentially uh, background check on every borrower. Is that when it happened for business owners or was it like that even before? Well, there, there's always been a, a little bit of an extra step for self-employed borrowers. But if you go back 10 years or you know even 15 years ago, we had stated income programs that your self-employed borrowers typically used mm. if they had 20 to 25% down. And, you know, Peter, statistically, those loans did not ever default. Where we ran into issues is now when you took that stated income program for a self-employed borrower and they allowed stated income for somebody that earned a W-2, and oh, by the way, let's lower the credit score requirement and put zero down, that's when, you know, that's when things came unraveled. So if you look at the programs that were geared towards self-employed borrowers early on, those programs were bulletproof in in a sense of, of repayment. Because they were only offered to the people that really should have well, been looking at those. Higher credit scores, um, no first-time home buyers, um, you know, 25% down. More money down, more skin in the yeah, game. Yeah, statistically, mm-hmm. if you put 25% down, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people try to use uh, today's um, standards to judge historical people. And my understanding is that's called uh, – uh, those people are called presentists. So they use the, the standards of today and they try to judge people for their deficiencies way back before these standards were even set. I don't like that way of looking back at history. But the reality is when you look back, 
into the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30. It seems like the people that were really successful in business were able to get a hold of money easier too. And then that just kind of perpetuated their 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 ability to grow and succeed in their business and in their life. And now it looks like that's that's like a governor. It, it throttles you back. It's Here's one more thing that successful people have to deal with because they are successful. That, that That's true. And Peter, you know, if you look back to a lot of business owners that struggled through the 2008, 2009, 10, and, and it wasn't just people related to the construction industry, because let's face it, you and I have been in the housing industry for a long time, and it affects everybody. Right. You know, you don't have a guy building your house, and then the hairdresser loses her job, and the girl at the, the you know, the restaurant and the shopkeeper. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it, it's definitely an effect that goes down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that these people had to go out and be very resourceful to keep their businesses going. And I mean, we're talking like loan shark tactics to keep things up and running to get through those crises. And and now they're thriving once again because we're in mm-hmm. a great, you know, we're definitely in a great environment here in northern Nevada. But the scrutiny is still there. And the yeah. scrutiny is there not only from the, the mortgage perspective, but also from the banking perspective. Mm-hmm. Commercial loans are harder to get. Mm-hmm. Um, credit lines for business owners. They, they, they still have to jump through hoops, mm-hmm. basically proving themselves all over again. Yes. I'm talking with Michelle Holbert. She's a mortgage loan originator at Caliber Home Loans. And today on our radio show, we're talking about the challenges that successful people, business owners, self-employed borrowers, have when they want to get a mortgage from an institutional lender, a bank, to purchase a home. It might be to get your primary residence or an investment property, maybe a second home. It doesn't matter if you are a successful business person, business owner, self-employed borrower. Trust me, you have more hurdles than the average guy to get a mortgage. Now, as much as I'd love to be able to change the rules, and Michelle, you too, I know if we could tweak it, we've got some ideas, but we can't. Successful people are successful because they can handle complexities. They can handle nuances, changes in business. They react because they're running a business. So they're really, really smart. But successful people are also penalized in some way, I believe. And the way is that, getting a mortgage. Michelle Holbert, talk to us about the challenges that business owners have when they want to get a mortgage. It's not just like coming in with a W-2. They have to provide you other documents. You had mentioned taxes, W-2s, K-1s. What if somebody has a partner or two in their business? Do the partners have to know that the owner's getting a mortgage? Well, not necessarily, Peter, because you know if you, if you have a 50-50 partnership, um, you as the 50% owner should have access to your business tax returns. Um, I, I would encourage anybody who is a business owner, be it big or small, if you're contemplating buying a house or refinancing your home, make sure that your make sure that your taxes are up to date and filed, you know, in a timely manner. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, lenders will still require profit and loss statements even if you haven't filed your tax return. And I'll give you an example, Peter. October fifteenth is the deadline to file a tax return for any given year. Right. Well, if if you're coming in sideways on October 15th, that could be problematic because sometimes we have to have tax validations to mm-hmm. show that the return's actually been filed, mm-hmm. but we're still going to require that you do a profit and loss statement for that entire year. Yeah. So 
it's not like you're getting away with not having to do the work. So my advice is try to do it in a timely manner. And for for heaven's sakes, if you're a small business owner, pay a, a bookkeeper yeah. to keep to keep you you know in compliance. Oh yeah, and and then let's talk about the CPA. Years and years ago, when I worked on the mortgage side, Michelle, I remember sometimes my borrowers were so busy, their issues were so complex, and they couldn't even remember. They said, well, let me just give you my CPA's number, and why don't you call him or her? Um, and it was like, wow, wow. I mean, that is really incredible. Does that still happen? Do you ever oh, do that? Oh, sure. Yeah. I um, a, a lot of times with our more complicated borrowers, I will get authorization from them mm-hmm. to talk to their CPA. Um because you know that's they're busy running their business, Peter. They're they don't you know they don't necessarily know all the answers to the com- the complexities of their tax return. Yeah. So it's a lot easier for me to pick up the phone and ask those questions instead mm-hmm. of having to go through the borrower. Yeah. Might I might be able to get it answered in five minutes instead of five days. I know. You know what? What I liked was when I called the CPA. The CPA would say, "Okay, I've got that document. I'll send it off to you. You get in the morning." When I asked for the same document from the borrower, the borrower said, why do you need that? Yeah, exactly. You don't need that. Right. <laughs> the CPA knows why you need it. The borrower thinks, oh, my goodness, you, you, you asked for my firstborn and, yeah. you know, everybody's after that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we try to coach people up front and tell them that it is complicated. But if you are specific or, you know, if, if we give specific instructions and our clients will follow instructions – we know how to get it done. Mm-hmm. But it is frustrating. You know, I think that people think that they pay their bills on time and they have 20% down. It should be easy peasy. And yeah. it's just not quite that easy. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. There's a lot to getting your mortgage because the government is involved. You know, there's a lot of regulations and rules in there that came in uh, before the mortgage meltdown, during the mortgage meltdown, after the mortgage meltdown. I mean, it's not like, you know, getting a, a financing on a bed. Uh, it's financing on real estate, and, and it gets to a whole different level. Well, it, it does. And and we've had some retraction in some of our conventional guidelines that's made it a little bit easier, mm-hmm. a little bit less documentation. But the one area that still, um, Peter, is going to be a, a complicated transaction just for, for documentation is the jumbo loan sector. Mm. Those are Those underwriters are specific investors in the marketplace – and they, you know, they've been known not to buy a loan from a from a lender like Caliber or anybody else for that matter, because you know one tiny little thing might be missing, and you know all of a sudden you have a loan that nobody wants to buy. And when you say one tiny thing might be missing, is it like a dot or a cross of a T? I mean, how simple could it be that they would turn down a loan? Oh gosh, it could be that you know you're missing a tax transcript for a you know a business entity that doesn't even really generate much of an income, mm-hmm. um, or it could be that you know you're missing a page of a bank statement. I mean, th- yeah. things like that. It sounds ridiculous, yeah. but. It's true. So that's what, you know, I really encourage people that are, are listening to know the differences. When you're talking jumbo investors versus, let's say, a Fannie Mae loan mm-hmm. or a conventional loan, um, the jumbo market is still a privately held lending dynamic, if you will. The, mm-hmm. these, these are, you know, these are hedge funds and these are individual groups of of companies that are making the rules, not 
the government. So there's even so, more, there's even more scrutiny you think in that jumble range. Well, above. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And where does that start f- as far as the dollar amount of, of the mortgage? It's um, anything above four twenty four one is considered in this market in Washoe County a jumbo loan. So four hundred twenty four thousand one hundred and two dollars is yeah. a jumbo mortgage, That's and if correct. you need that much from your bank or your lender. You're going to have to go through even more steps. So some of the ways that you can avoid that, maybe uh, if you're going to need that much loans, maybe put some money down, put more money down, so you get out of that category. Yeah, more money it. down, or even um, some of the programs that we used to do, you know, many years ago, the first and the second combinations. We've been doing some of those. A first again. mortgage and a second mortgage. Correct. Uh-huh. Not the first and second with absolutely no down from the borrower, but typically something that would be a minimum of 10 or 20% down, Mm -hmm. but in in some cases to bridge the gap between a jumbo loan and a conforming loan. Well, that's what you do. You're very creative in the way that you put together mortgages. It's great to have you on the show today, and I'm looking forward to having you come back next time. We'll chat a little bit more about commissioned uh, employees um, and uh, self-employed borrowers and business owners and offer additional advice on what to do to get ready if you're looking to buy real estate, especially real estate in Northern Nevada. Beautiful outside, beautiful country. Michelle, I'm glad you came to visit with us today. Thanks, Peter. It's great to see you. You bet. And if anybody wants to reach you, what's the best way? Best number for me is 775-742-3559, or you can reach out to us at theholbertteam.com. Very good. We'll put all of your contact information on our website. Thanks for being with us again. Thanks, Peter. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. If you have questions or comments for us, send an email to me, peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. So tell your friends and family we're on the air again next week, same time, same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at nevadarealestateradio.com. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Equal housing lender. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com.